This is the Scots Bass Lessons Podcast and I am your host, Scott Devine. This podcast is brought to you by the Scots Bass Lessons Academy, the number one online learning platform for bass players that want to take their bass playing to the next level. Hey guys, how's it going? Scott Devine here and first of all, I just want to say a massive welcome to everybody listening today. I'm super, super excited. This is the first episode of the Scots Bass Lessons Podcast and certainly not the last But first of all, I just want to say a huge thanks to everybody that's listening because it is you guys that make Scott's Bass Lessons possible. I know I get messages all the time saying thanks to me, but it's really you guys that make this possible because you drive what I do and you drive the content that I create. And for the, so a big thanks to you guys just from not only from me, but the whole Scott's Bass Lessons team because there's, there's a lot more than just me behind it. There's Denmark that does all the video. There's Mike and Callie that do all the tech side. Laura that does all the customer service and management. And then there's Travis doing the community management inside the academy and, and, and tons of other people. Well, not tons of other people, but there's a good handful of other people as well. Um, obviously this is a completely new venture for Scott's Space Essence, the podcast. So I, I've got to tell you, I am a little nervous. I'm hopefully, Hoping that this is going to go great. I'm absolutely dedicated to making sure that we deliver great content to you every week. And you might or, you know, you might have noticed that there's not really that many cool podcasts that are base related on iTunes or the other, the other podcast platforms. So really, I want to make a real, you know, I want to make a dent in that and make a difference and and get a really great podcast out there that's helping people just like you bass players that want to take their bass playing to the next level a podcast that's going to help you do that if you're listening to this on itunes i will also send you all my bass love all the bass love i have if you subscribe and leave a review because that would really help us out on the itunes platform um, so really, I suppose you're wanting to know what to expect from these podcasts. Obviously, they're completely new, so you're, you're new to it as well. Well, with these podcasts, I'm going to be interviewing some of the best bass players on the planet and really digging into finding out how they got to where they are now and the journey it took to get them there. There's so much we can learn from just listening to the guys that have done it before us and getting what their, their strategies, their mindset, and what really made a difference to them, get that into our plane and our mindset. You know, there's obviously there's scales and arpeggios and rhythm. All this stuff makes the difference, right? But mindset is so important as well. So I'm really hoping to dig deep with these interviews so you get a little bit of an insight into how these guys and girls, obviously, how their minds work so you can get that into what you do as well. So in this episode, I'm absolutely stoked to say that we've got Ricky Miner on for the uh, episode one. And now Ricky Miner is, in my mind, one of the most successful musical directors of all time. He's worked on numerous TV shows. He's done the Super Bowl. He's worked with guys like Whitney Houston, Christina Aguilera, Miley Cyrus, uh, Stevie Wonder, the list just goes on and on. So I'm really, really pleased that we've got him on for episode one. Now, if you listen to this anywhere else other than Scott's Bass Lessons, make sure you go over to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode one. That's scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode one. And that's the number one, not the written one. So the number one, episode one. And check out the show notes 
as I've got a great clip of Ricky playing with the Jay Leno Tonight Show band featuring Steve Vai. I'm a huge Steve Vai fan as well, so it's very, very cool. And Ricky is looking particularly dapper in this video as well. So check it out. Make sure you watch the entire video because it's really cool. If you are an Academy member over at scottsbasslessons.com, you can also watch the entire video version of this episode, okay? And that's going to be true of all the episodes coming from now on. There's going to be video episodes to watch, but you have to be an Academy member. Now, if, you, if you're not an Academy member and you want to check it out, just go over to scottsbasslessons.com. You can check it out there. And in a nutshell, it's the number one learning platform for bass players online right now. We've got step-by-step courses. We have live uh, stream seminars from some of the best bass players in the world every week. So you can go over there to scottsbasslessons.com, check it out. And we also have a 14-day trial you can do as well, so you can see if it's up your street and what you're looking for without any risk. Now, let's get into episode one with Ricky Miner. So guys, I'm really, really over the moon to be here with Ricky Miner, who, in my opinion, is one of the true like living le- legends of the bass. Don't want to, you know, build you up too much, Ricky, but in my opinion, you wow. really are. And, and I was putting together my, my notes and we've interviewed some guys, you know, since we've been in LA. And when I was looking at your resume, it's the only one that I was really stumped with because there was too much to put in. You've worked with so many artists, you know, you've worked with Whitney Houston, Christina Aguilera, Ray Charles, Alicia Keys, Beyonce. And we were just talking through the studio and you're doing something with Barbara Streisand and Billy Joel. You know, you've done so much in your career and the shows that you've worked on, you know, because you're a bass player, musical director, producer, you know, there's so much, um, there's so much depth in your career, but I'm really, really interested in how you actually got, like, how did the bass find you and how you, you know, how you got started because there's so many, there'll be so many people listening to this that are on that journey, you know, starting out or maybe they've been playing a few years. How did you start out? Well, I, I uh, my my story is uh, I grew up, came from Louisiana, came here with my family at nine years old, moved into South Central LA into Watts after the Watts riots, yeah. and uh, uh, and we had a little singing group, you know, kind of all the guys kind of singing. Around. Everyone wanted to be like the Jackson Five. Did you have like a musical family? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying just just all the guys in the neighborhood. So oh, okay, all, yeah, yeah. All, yeah. So er, all all the kids wanted to sing and be like the Jackson Five. And then, yeah. so we put our little group together, me and my guys, and everybody had the group, and we had little, little competition, little, little talent shows yeah, yeah. and things. And uh, my uncle uh, helped and, and heard us and uh, said, wow, you know, you guys sound great. You know, let me get you some singing lessons. So we... How uh, old are you at this point? I, I, now I'm probably... Uh, probably now about 12 you know yeah. and so i'm i'm feeling pretty good about myself you know i'm 12 cool. years old cool. <laughs> and then we start doing these things and we joined the neighborhood <clears throat> community center talent show yeah. and we won and all these girls were like you know hey and i was like hey so let's do this let's do yeah, this yeah, guys yeah, yeah, yeah. forget about the football man. forget about basketball we're, wait we're not strong enough for the football we'll get cream basketball we're too short Let's do something where, you know, the girls go like, hey. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, so yeah. we did, we won. And my uncle got us music lessons. That, and, and the guy taught us barbershop harmony. 
So here wow. you get these 12 year old little black kids doing barbershop harmony. Yeah, we started yeah. winning more competition because we start with that and then we go into our Jackson 5 routine. Yeah, yeah. Then we got a band. Uh, and uh, my uncle went to the neighbor, uh, neighborhood high school and said, you know, I've got these kids singing. If you guys play for them, we'll pay you money. So we started doing gigs like with a band. Yeah. Now we're like really. <laughs> Killing all the You're other. Really cool, man. Oh, we, no, but we're killing all the other <laughs> other competition because they're singing with the record. Right. Okay. You know? yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And we're like, we have a band, yeah, we have yeah. microphones and, <laughs> and choreography, and so. But that group of guys, at the end of that, this 13 years old now, that band graduated from high school, and they didn't want to be bothered with kids anymore. They were going off. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to play Herbie Hancock and all this stuff. Sure, so, sure, sure. So Marco said, "Okay, you guys got to learn how to play an instrument." And I was, it was like. Okay. And so, Ricky, I said, yep, I'm going to play bass because I sang Jermaine Jackson's part. Oh, really? That's why so I play that's bass. why? J- Jermaine Jackson. They were just like, you're, the, you're the bass, bass player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, because I can keep my same parts. And if, and if Jermaine can play and sing it, you should so be able not. to. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I started playing bass at 14 because of Jermaine Jackson. And what, what were you doing? Were you like, because obviously, you know, when you started playing, were you learning their lines? Were you, was, well, it, was it emulating? Is that how you learned? Well, the Just first from- thing is, is I took bass lessons and I, and, and I learned how to read. And I, really? So yeah, that was right. I learned right how to read start. right away. And I learned like popular songs and learned bass line, learning theory, scales, that kind of stuff. And just knowing that part of it. And then I would sit by my little transistor radio and any song come on, I try to learn it. And when I thought I knew it, then I would write it in a little in a little tablet. I would just write the name of the song, Brick House, uh, Skin Tight, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. play that funky music. <laughs> if I you know, and I, I would wait, you know, in the songs, if it was popular, we didn't have all these choices, so it'd come on again and again. I mean, you yeah, sit there all yeah, day. yeah, yeah. You sit right by and with your thing, and it'd come out, and you try to pick it out and figure out by ear and yeah. learn these songs. And when I had a uh, hundred songs, I called my uncle up and I said, okay. I got these songs, and I'm going to put a band together. Will you manage that band? Because he managed the singing group. The rest of the guys kind of went their own ways, and some had, you know, just life happened. Yeah. And some got into uh, trouble and or just fell off and decided yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah, want yeah, to do it. Yeah. So I just kept playing. I just kept pushing. And, and so I like really right from, so almost right from the start, you were like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, well, but I was a math computer science major. I went to UCLA for math and I was a I was a very I mean numbers are my thing like I really? yeah, yeah. I I can I I can see formulas uh, as one number like I okay. see you a, really relate to yeah, math I relate yeah. to numbers so if if there's a like a math formula for me it's just one number it's not all of the these different things yeah, and yeah, so yeah. phone numbers uh, addresses I know every address that I you know if you tell me what address is I can it's I have there. this kind of word association thing yeah, you know yeah. like like if uh if, and, I, and I do the same thing with names, like, you know, uh, like Scotty the Body, you know. So yeah. I got, you know, so I mean, you remember, yeah, yeah, Jenny, yeah. Jenny from the block. Okay, I got, that's Jenny from the block. So I remember, I have these kind of word associations. So I just really loved music and loved the way it made me feel. And I played through school, but, uh, um, you know, I, I played with a lot of different big bands. I left school to play music. Because you could read because you... I, I could play. I, I could read and I could play. Well, who so, taught you? But Who was the bass teacher that you went to? Well, I, went, I studied like from a different local guys. Guy? Yeah. Well, I studied from a lot of local guys. I studied from my, my, my... But the music thing really came from a trumpet player for me. Because in high school, there was a substitute teacher teaching like, 
you know, English or something. Yeah. And lunchtime, and I'm walking by, and I hear this, like, trumpet playing. It's a jazz trumpet player, and it's real soulful. And I knock on the door, and I said, you know, can you can you teach me? You know, he says, I, I'm a trumpet player. I don't teach bass. And he said, but... uh I tell you what, you come by, come by my house, and I'll hear you play. And maybe I can teach you music. I can teach you what I'd like to hear from a bass player. Yeah, I'm not yeah. hearing it these days. Yeah, from yeah. bass player, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, so anyway, he took me on and taught me more about harmony, jazz, and this is theory, electric bass, electric well. bass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then I took upright lessons. I went in the phone book, and you know, and that's how I did. I went in the phone book, and I called places up, and uh, and they were expensive, so I sold uh, sold. Uh, uh, I collected uh, um, bottles, you know, recyclable okay, bottles, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. five cents a bottle, and I do that until I had enough money to take another lesson. Then I take another lesson, take the bus with my base. The handle broke, so I carry it <laughs> under my arm, you know. But Fantastic. but but I'm I'm 14, 15 years old, yeah, and really, w- you know, wanting to learn because I, I just love music. I mean, you know, music literally saved my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, because it it uh, gave me a creative outlet. And uh, yeah. I really think that, you know, for all the players out there, if if you love music, never stop playing music and, and always play. Yeah. And and if you can pimp it and 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 make money from it, then great. But if not, don't stop playing. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Just but play understand that 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 your passion is not enough. It never is enough. Yeah. And you may say, I'm going to do this if it kills me, and it probably will because <laughs> it may not be your thing. You know, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you shouldn't play. Yeah. It just means that. The level of the level it takes. There's so many variables that have to line up for you to get the opportunity, your preparation. There's too many things yeah. that you you have no control yeah, over. Yeah, that isn't in control. Of right. That. So control the things you can control, which is to work hard. You know, and there are a lot of great players. You know, but I mean, I think the key is to to be a personal best. Because if you start comparing yourself, I mean, you'll just sit in the corner and cry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like. Yeah. I'll never be like Jocko. Yeah, this like, guy yeah, or that right. guy or this no, guy. No, but you're right, though. Yeah, you won't yeah. Be, you know, yeah, yeah. There's only one. That's why he's of everybody. Jocko. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you learned harmony right from the start when yeah. you were, yeah, from the trumpet player, right? From the trumpet player. Yeah. And, 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 you and know, was he like a jazz guy? Yeah, yeah, jazz guy. And so the harmony. And then... And was he getting you, t- you into jazz? Well, the oh, thing... You're playing Jackson's, is he like, oh, this is rhythm yeah. changes? Well, well, the thing that happened was I was, I, I already could play by the time I met that guy, I was, now I'm 16. I've been playing for a couple of years, so I'm like an old pro. You know? <laughs> and I'm a fan. So, but, but I, but I had my, by then, I had my own top 40 band. I was playing weddings, proms, yeah. bar mitzvahs. I was playing all the gigs. I was playing with six different big bands I could read. Yeah. And I could play, but I wanted more. I wanted to stretch myself and expand. Yeah. So I, uh, and studying with him, it opened me up to, uh, more improvisation and harmony and it gave me more dexterity because now I'm playing this, these jazz the heads, uh, heads, the heads and the, yeah, and yeah. the melodies of the stuff and then learning the chords and learning block chord, block chords, not yeah. black chords, but block, Blo- chords. block chords, yeah. block chords. <laughs> and, uh, and learning how to incorporate the melody in, in the bass line and all. And, uh, seeing how the big picture yeah, works the big in, picture. in terms and, of and like so, harmony. Yeah. So during that time, <laughs> once I left school, I played with six big bands, uh, I had my own top 40 band and I played with two wedding bands. And I would leave the house at 10 in the morning and come home at 10 at night. Wow. And not make a dime. 
it was rehearsal. Yeah, just look for the love of the music. Yeah, yeah, just learning. Yeah, you know, and I always, I, I love this stuff. I didn't do it so I could work. I genuinely love it. Yeah. So for me, it was about uh, my own personal best, growing and trying to learn more. I shouldn't be the same this time next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You I want to be, be seeing anyway. constant improvement. I won't be, yeah. but I want to go forward in, yeah. in, in my year to year. I don't want to go backwards in my year yeah, to year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just kept doing that. I kept, and then more people met you, knew you could work. So now you have six big bands, which, you know, basically, uh, uh, say 20 people in each band. That's a, a lot of people that know you and know you can A, do the job, that you show up on time, because I don't do late, like, at all. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason to ever be late, yeah. because it's just poor planning. Yeah. And so... They knew I was dependable, and uh, I started going to these workshops and things, and I met uh, a friend of mine, knew Patrice Russian. Okay. And and so they had nights where they had people come, like 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 what I do now is to speak to other, you know, aspiring musicians. Yeah, yeah. And it was Freddie Washington, who's only a couple years older than me, but he had already played with not only Patrice, but Herbie and all the things. Yeah. And we... We became friends there, and then I met... In How the, old are you at this point? Had you been through I'm, school? I'm, no, I'm 19 years old Oh, you still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like 18, 18, 19. I graduated from high school, yeah. and I started college, but I would, you know, on my, on my the off nights... was still the, the yeah, thing. it was the thing, and I was working, I was gigging, and... Did you know, what did you think? Did you think I'm going to go down the ac- academic route, or, or did you think you were... I was going down get, academic as well. Are, I mean, yeah. my, my first one in my family to go to college, in my immediate family... Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I was a student. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very, uh, you know, lunchtime and any time I was always doing homework so that I could practice at night. Right. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. so, you know, I'm, I'm a very A type. I mean, I'm very organized and diligent, you know, I diligent am. student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that just happens to be part of my personality. And I think that. I love music and I love the way it made me feel. I love dancing to it. I just love music. But I understood that I had to make a living for myself. And I was probably too, uh, I was fearless. Because when you're young, you're fearless. Yeah, I mean, you're you five are, yeah. years old, you're jumping off cliffs, you're hanging off. I mean, you know, I mean you're, you're, you're jumping off the balcony. You're like, I can do anything. I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lay yeah. on the ground, you look up at the, at the clouds and you imagine faces. You just, and you, you like everyone yeah, you know yeah. and then it's just later that you get a little fearful so i think i just wasn't afraid i didn't to i go didn't for it. i didn't know that i couldn't succeed that was the, i think the thing i didn't know that the fa- failure that, yeah, yeah failure wasn't an, an option really you well, just it, it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily i just i never it never occurred to me that i wouldn't do it you, you know? might fail yeah I might. it never yeah. occurred to me that i might and now that i look at it i mean it was pretty crazy yeah you know <laughs> I was pretty crazy, but I mean, I think yeah. that's what kind of pushed me and propelled me. But and when you met Freddie, was that well? Was I met that a big Freddie, deal? and he it was a big deal. I knew yeah. who he was, and he was really nice to me. And and uh, and and then I met Ndugu Chancellor, and and he he said, you know, you sound good. And I I said, you know, I really need a bass teacher. I'd already done my thing with the trumpet player, and that expanded me. But I wanted to be better. Yeah. So I started taking. Um, uh, so I said, Ndugu, is there anyone you could recommend who I could take lessons from? And he said, there's this guy just moved up from San Diego, real nice guy, and uh, you should you should meet him. 
And uh, and he just moved down, and so he gave me the number, and I called, and that was Nathan East. <laughs> and, and so I met Nathan, Fantastic. and I took a lesson from yeah. him. And, and I, was he doing good gigs at the time as well? Yeah, well, he had just moved here. He had done uh, all the Barry White records, and he was like the new guy doing sessions. Okay. And uh, so I took a lesson, I brought my stuff with me, and uh, same thing, it was 20 bucks, and I saved up the money, because again, I mean, I'm still like, you know, really struggling yeah, really, yeah, with this whole yeah. music thing. Uh, and, uh, he said, Hey, here's your, your money back. And you sound great. He said, just keep, whatever wow. you're doing, keep doing it. And then, uh, shortly after that, he and Freddie started using me as a sub. So you were subbing for those So guys. I was subbing yeah, for, yeah. for Nathan and he had to go out of town. Uh, and he was working with Hubert Laws. I came in, got to the rehearsal, set up early, played, read the music, you know, yeah. and did well enough for yeah. them to, to tell him, hey, if, if, if uh, that's, that guy's good. If you can't make it again, send that guy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you yeah, say, hey, yeah. I got a good report from you. Great. And same thing with, with, with Freddie, you know, so it was all kind of happening based on my relationship with those guys who saw something in me probably more than I even saw at the time. Yeah, you were just yeah. doing your thing, yeah. Up, up until that point, like, who were your influences? Who well, you been listening like Jameson? Jameson, or, of course. Yeah. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't be a bass player uh, in popular music and not have some kind of influence from, from Jameson. Yeah. So I was learning all those things, but I was learning all the, the people who were playing on, on those records then. But Freddie was playing on records by then. Nathan was playing on records. Anthony Jackson. So it was, yeah, really, sure, yeah, it was yeah, really the yeah. three of those guys. Well, and add Larry Graham. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. and then, then Marcus Miller was on the scene. So, you know, and, and he was really young when I started listening to him yeah, as well. Yeah. So, so, you know, you start your sum total of all the things and Alfonso Johnson and you just go along a whole litany of Bob Babbitt and every bass player, Carol Kay, yeah. and Wilton Felder, and you just keep going on with bass players. And even now, you know, cause our, our, our existence here is to inspire and be inspired. That's yeah, why we're here. Yeah, yeah. So wherever we can be, whatever inspiration you have, keep it close to you and use that. I mean, so then I started to get uh, into, uh, I did Dream Girls. I, I got the gig. Oh, Gladys, I show, yeah, yeah. Gladys Knight, I got the gig because Nathan played on the record. He he did, they did a live album and he and Ndugu did some overdubs okay. for the live record. And they loved what what those guys were doing. They said, well, we're going to fire our guys. We we want oh, really? we want you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, but they couldn't afford them. They went out for a weekend. So well, we'll do this weekend with you since you fired your guys after the session. <laughs> but next week, you know, we can't go out on yeah. tour. And then they they both so recommended the me for Gladys, and I was yeah. nineteen. Nineteen. And how yeah. long were you with her? Was that your first time going out on the road? I had never been on a plane. Well, I didn't even know. I, hey, I, it's I, a great I, person to go on a plane and, with. You and know. my first trip. <laughs> With with Glad, well, I did a couple of gigs locally, but my first time was uh, to London with Gladys Knight and the Pips. Wow! At twenty years old, right? Amazing. There. And what was that experience like? Oh, as geez. a twenty year old man, what well, was it like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that I I I, I met a girl over there, and uh, and uh, and it, it didn't dawn on me because I'd never been anywhere, and I said, "You talk funny," and, and she said, <laughs> and then she told me, you know, like. You talk funny to me. You know? yeah, 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 I think, yeah. oh yeah, I guess so. You know, because I'm not used to hearing, yeah, yeah. He hearing that that. Um, yeah, because there wouldn't have been any English TV shows or over here. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that. You know, that, that there's literally people all over the world. Because all I knew was my little ten mile radius. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, this is yeah. I work here. I, you know, I grew up here. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and I saw other places. New York, never been any places. I never been on a plane. 
so it was, it was just a great experience learning with them. And Nathan, uh, recommended me to play on, on Gladys's record because they called him okay. to play on the record. Wicked. But he was taking flying lessons because he's a pilot. He, what? he flies planes. Really? And, wow. uh, so he, he said, well, I can't make the night sessions, but have Ricky do it. He can do it. Yeah. And push me in there to play on what would be like my first, uh, big, album yeah. you know and uh but it's interesting because you realize that we're all making music and our contribution is different you know so i played on the song and i didn't know one of the things that happened to me is that you have to learn uh the learn the room you know sure, because sure. you're young don't try to prove that you can do everything or that you know everything yeah so i I work with Gladys. I know her. Yeah. And the band, the guys in the session was, you know, James Gadsden, uh, Tim May. I mean, all these great players, Paul Jackson Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. All these guys are on the rec on the session. These and uh, there was a part that starts slow, a little rebuttal thing, and then she sings a, a line. She says uh, this line, "Waiting for love outside." And when she says outside, the band comes in. Boom. It's waiting for love. Outside, do don't don't go do don't, and and well, now we're in. Yeah, yeah. So it never came together. So I figured, look, I'm I'm well, I'll speak up. And I said, well, I, I you know I know I I know where she where she wants to yeah. come in. She said, oh great great, Ricky knows. You know, just follow Ricky. Was this your first introduction to being an MD music I, I wasn't MD. No, I was just I was just I was just in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't the music director for you guys. Yeah. I was just in the band, and I was just you know this kid just trying to figure things out. Yeah, and so. And and I was already sub. I was a sub bass player. I wasn't even like the the first call. I was the sub. Yeah. And uh, I remember saying to the guys, uh, so she sings the part, and I'm ready. Like I got you know. And the whole session, I was there the whole day. It was a triple date. The first two sessions, uh, you know, uh, Nathan did. Yeah. And so I'm watching everything he does. I mean, I like a hawk. I mean, he. You're like it, learning yeah, from him. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's playing. I mean, if he scratched his head, I said, well, maybe I should scratch at that same point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, whatever he did, yeah. if he checked his tuning, every, <laughs> every song before the take after take. Okay. I got that. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do, do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Uh, so here comes that line. I got it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm like sitting at the edge of my seat and here comes the line. She sings it. And I, I, I'm, I got the guys. It comes. Waiting for love outside. I come in. No one else comes in. She's, and then Gladys says, Ricky, I thought you said you knew where it was. Now, now I'm like, okay. So I get it now. Don't come in and try. We were going and I had the night session. We were going into twilight time. Okay. It was almost midnight. Don't come in and try to be a hero and produce the record. You're not the producer. Yeah. Do your job. Stay in your lane. That was my lesson. Stay yeah. in your lane. Is this one of these kind of memories that yeah. gets burned into your memory? Oh no, as, it gets burned, as, as, burned as a, because you know that let everyone do their job. You're yeah. not the drummer. Don't yeah. don't come on a gig and try to tell the drummer what to play. You're not the producer. Yeah. You're not the songwriter. You're the bass player. Play the best bass. If they ask you, that's one thing. But don't volunteer that you know everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone's got an opinion in this room. Yeah. And these guys have played on a million records. You think they know how to fix it too, but they weren't going to try to produce the record. That's not their job. Yeah. They were just there to do a role. Do your job. Stay in your lane. Yeah. I like that. Stay in your lane. I'm going to remember that. Stay in your um, lane. So what happened after Gladys? 
I uh, when do, when do you, when do you feel like you got you started getting hired for you? When did the you know when did you stop looking at Nathan and and you know and thinking you know I'm going to be well maybe that you know maybe we still do that I do it for you know with my friends I'm always keeping an eye on what they're doing. But when do you feel like you know when did you feel comfortable and think right I'm now getting hired for for me? Last week. <laughs> no, I mean I I don't know. You know, listen, there there are a million options. You know, you go to the grocery store and you know you want some cereal. I mean, it's like a ten thousand of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you can yeah. feel like this one one day and this the other day. My story about about the continue to show you where that took me. Yeah, is so I played on on that record, and when the song when the when the album came out, I heard it on the radio. I was like. Thou, those are my parts, but that's not me playing. Oh, really? So Nathan had overdubbed my part, played the part I played. Okay. But overdubbed. So, and then shortly after that, I got called in to play on a session and Nathan had played, but they wanted to overdub, wanted me to play it. Yeah. So uh, the point is, is that everyone's going to play these same 12 notes and it may feel different sonically. It may be a different sound. The, the drums and the bass have to lock in a different way. And you look at the Stevie yeah, Dan yeah, records yeah. where, you know, on and some of the records you had, the, the, the kick drum was one guy, the yeah. high was another, you yeah. know, or, or, and, and, and you have different takes and, you know, because you're trying to create a moment. Yeah. And so the producer may not be, may not get it from you, even at your best work. So it's not really personal. So yeah. I think that I, I, I feel like, I enjoy playing and hopefully what I do adds to, because my job is to add value to what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I might not be the right guy and I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah, it's a physiology, isn't it? You know, each guy has a different sound even though they play the same note. Yeah. So with, with the MD and thing, because one thing, the first time I, um, I started st- checking you out. It was, you know, I, was, I noticed you were always MDing. I was like, no, that guy's got his shit together. He's always MDing. When did right. you start doing that? Uh, so I was, yeah, I always had ideas yeah. to do things and, and, uh, a couple of people would ask me to do an arrangement or something and I was playing in the band and I, I liked doing that. I like, you know, I like the leadership, but I was the leader of my band, my top 40 band. So yeah, I knew yeah. how to, um, how to make sure that everyone felt comfortable enough to do their best work. Yeah. Cause if, you know, that kind of, Putting your finger down and, 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 and screaming and yelling and making people feel small so yeah, you can yeah, feel yeah. big. I don't know what that is, but, uh, so I knew how, what it took to be a leader. And I was in situations with other bands, orchestras where the leader wasn't so cool. And that taught me as well. Not what to, yeah, yeah. what not to do. Yeah. So, um, I played in, and I did the showcase for Whitney to get a record deal and, uh, and, you know, the guy who's music director, a guy named John Simmons, was piano player. And when he died, she called me and said, I'm going to need your help kind of thing. And How I became, old was she at this point? Uh, well, by then I was playing with Al Jarreau. This is, uh, he's, I, mean, you know, I was about uh, 28, so she was 24. Wow, yeah. Uh, and then I became music director at 29 with her. When all this kind of happened, when he passed, and uh, uh, and then I became music director for her, and that really gave me a, a big platform yeah. because she was 
kind of at the beginning of her career. So as she grew, I grew, I got more opportunities to, to arrange and to do more horns, orchestra, whatever. And it grew from there. And a lot of artists who I worked with later on. And had you always been arranging up until this point? No, no. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a player first. I'm a yeah. bass player yeah. first. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself in the category of arranger with, with the likes of, of, uh, Quincy or Leonard Bernstein. I mean, you know, these are guys who, are yeah, yeah. And the, John Clayton and their uh, role is a ranger. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so, but I had my, my ideas of, 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 of putting together medleys and, and harmonically transit, transitioning, yeah. uh, 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 putting in all the segues going from a medley to this song and this song will work with that and that harmony. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I knew what I, you know, you know what you know. Yeah, and was was it like were you doing this on a live in a in a live scenario to start with? With Whitney, yeah. was it live? Yeah, yeah. It was live, and then some recordings uh, later, and and like like the I will always love you, and producing the national anthem for her the for the Super Bowl for her. But it was that kind of thing at first. But a lot of my clients, as as I started doing more things when Whitney was off, people. There were people who saw me with her, loved that performance, loved right, this. So, okay, yeah. so the Christina, Beyonce, I mean, Christina was 15, Beyonce was 15 when I met her, Usher 15. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Christina was 14, uh, Usher 15. So these kids saw me with Whitney or knew that I worked with Whitney or yeah. Brit- Britney Spears or yeah. worked with Whitney, you know, or, or they see those performances and they want to work with you because of, of what that presentation was. Oh, was that yeah, yeah? And was that live stuff and studio stuff, or, I think, or a mix? I, I think I think a mix. Mix, yeah. yeah, a mix. But you know, it's it's uh, and so the produ- the t- television producers, Ken Ehrlich from from the Grammys. I did several Grammys with Whitney. Then he started calling me to be music director for a TV special because not only had I worked at that point with Whitney, but I started working with with other groups and bands and Temptations and I'd work with Gladys. And so yeah, I had yeah. a, a relationship and a reputation of working with, with Gladys. And then that led to Aretha, Stevie, Ball, and on and on and on. And it yeah, just kind of yeah. happened from there, from Natalie Cole to Herbie to Miley Cyrus and, you know, uh, and Rihanna. I told you he's played with everyone. <laughs> no, no, but I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. The thing, the, but the thing that, that I think that, that I'm most happy about is the fact that I love all of the different music and I have a high respect for it. And it'd be hard pressed to outwork me. You know, like there, there are great players and there are a lot of players who in varying degrees do things uh, as a player. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe better, different, whatever your thought is about that. But I think that the important thing is, is the work ethic. And I think the clients, your clients and everyone's client want the people who, who are coming to work and carry their weight. Yeah. Because you have five guys on a basketball team, one guy's not carrying his weight, then someone's going to have to carry that. Yeah. So they want someone who's going to pay attention to detail. And I think that's kind of what kind of started separating me is that I was dependable. One of my questions actually, one down, one, of the, one of the questions on here is, if you what, what one thing served you well throughout your entire career? Would you, would you say it's that? Yeah. Work ethic, yeah? Work ethic. Period. Yeah, and, 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 and the bands and the musicians that I work with understand the mantra, commitment to excellence. That's it. Yeah. We don't need to, to be better than anyone else. 
and we don't need, we're not in competition. We're making music. This is not, we're not trying to get, be the first one to get the cure to cancer. We're not in a race. Yeah. We're here to make music and we're here to protect our artists and give them something to stand on that's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from whoever, if it's Faith Hill, if it's Country or Kenny Chesney or Keith Urban or whoever it is, uh, they're going to get 100% of us. And if it's Sting or, or, or Placido Domingo, it doesn't matter. We're going to study Everybody's getting them. the same thing. Yeah, and we're going to respect the music. We're going to study it. We're going to, going to bring our, our twist to it, but not try to reinvent it. We're going to respect the genre. If it's, if it's uh, swing, if it's uh, roaring 20s music, it needs to be authentic yeah. in the sound, you know. For the guys that are listening that, that don't know the actual role of a musical director, could you just tell them what, you know, if you get hired for a musical director, you know, what, what, what initially do you have to do and what does it expand into? Uh, well, I think the, the, the job of a musical director is first to work closely with that artist and, and figure out how best to present their art. You're not, you're not creating the art. You're, supporting their artistry yeah okay that's first then you look at budget and what can that artist afford you know in terms of players yeah and and sonically how can you make that happen and then what's necessary this song sounds like to me just acoustic guitar vocal maybe a string arrangement this song sounds like you need a, a horn section sounds like it's just really uh, a small, small drum kit, upright bass, you know, I mean, yeah. so you, you have to creatively figure out what, what's the colors? What are the paint strokes that you need? Yeah. This needs a little, a nice blue, kind of real soft mood thing here. This needs more like, you know, this, this whole song is, is EDM. I mean, you know, this needs yeah. a whole program. This needs no live musicians because it will take it out of what it, you know, so you figure out what that is. Personnel. Yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you got a team that you no, use? No, no, no. I mean, my thing is hiring the right person for the job. So I'll have open auditions for if I'm working for a client, say yeah. Christina yeah. Or, or whoever it is, uh, uh, Miley or whatever the artist is, there's a casting thing. There's personalities. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'd rather take, have a player who's going to work hard than the best player in the world who's never on time and has an attitude, but, you know, I don't have time. Yeah, yeah. We're here making music. We're not here to serve your ego. Yeah. So I've, I've you know, um, and a lot of times I'll work with an artist and they'll enjoy what my band did for them on an award show. And they'll go... Sure, sure. Okay, we want to leave our band at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're done with that band. I don't want... Don't use anyone... We want, we want these guys. No, no. These guys or... get me. Can you get me guys? Right, okay. Give yeah, me some yeah. new guys yeah. that, that, that will work with me based on my budget, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and this is the time frame. This is the tour. Or I'll get a call from a, 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 an artist who says, uh, uh, I want new background singers. And so I will just come in and do that, you know. And, and are you normally playing bass when you're MDing? Or is it sometimes I, I you... Bass, sometimes I conduct. Yeah. You know, like a, a, a lot, I mean, a lot of different players who, who work for me uh, as a bass player when I'm conducting or if I'm putting something together. But but Nathan, Freddie, I mean, they've played for me when I'm just conducting. You've hired them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And, and it's, I'll tell you, the love between those two guys, uh, for me, is so strong and so supportive. I mean, if they see me doing something, and likewise, I mean, we call each other, we text each other, hey, I just heard this thing you played on, man. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. stop it. Yeah. Cut it out. <laughs> you know, enough of yeah, this yeah, wicked, yeah, yeah, wicked yeah. bass playing. You yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, and, and, or I'll call and go, okay, so what bass was that? And what did you drink before that? <laughs> that, that thing, you know, cause it just feels so good. I mean, yeah, it just, yeah. you know, and I'll go and hear them play in concert. I support their records. Nathan did his record, solo record right here across the hall from me. And so when I was building this place, he was here every day, pull up, park in his spot. Hey, what's going on now? How much further are you going? You know, so really supportive. I, I heard the record, you know, as it was being made. And uh, and the same thing with Freddie. I did Dreamgirls, uh, Broadway play Dreamgirls. Yeah. And I did it here in L.A. That's the gig I left. After I left Gladys, I got the Dreamgirls gig. Oh, okay. And then Freddie subbed for me on the gig. So here, here's the guys that gave me a hand. And now they're helping me still. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think they're, you know, they're still helping me. I'm still learning and listening and watching and you know still learning it sounds amazing um and just tell just before we go on this is red lotus studio yeah just how old is this place two, two years it's two years old we've had the tour yeah yeah it was two years old and uh before it's on the sunset gower lot uh it's the, it's the film lot a lot of big movies made here and um uh i was after i left uh, whitney and i resigned in 99 I decided that I wanted to come off the road and I wanted to build a name for myself in town. And so I was doing a TV show called Motown Live. And uh, it was, they were doing the editing of that on a, on a lot. And so I thought, well, okay, this would be yeah, cool. Yeah. Like rather yeah, than, yeah, yeah. rather than renting a space by my house that's next door to, to the, the, uh, the chicken place yeah. and down the street <laughs> from the, the sports, uh, 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 sports clothing or whatever. Yeah. I needed to be somewhere where other people who were working creatively that inspiration. So I was on another lot uh, called Hollywood Center. that used to be uh, Francis Ford Coppola's okay. studio, Zoetrop. Yeah. I had a little bungalow, an old house that I converted to a studio there. And I was there for 10 years. And then I moved on to The Tonight Show. So when The Tonight Show ended, I thought, well, I, I need to build another studio. But I want to be on a lot because it, it's pretty cool to be you know, the music guy on yeah, a film yeah, line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't when did you start getting into studios? When were you like, okay, it's time to get a studio and start getting artists in, into my studio? Well, I, I thought that if I was going to be in this business, having a home office, I had a home office for about a year. And it's tricky. Oh, man, I've, I've had it. Yeah, it's I've tricky. Had home office. It's yeah. tricky because, uh, you know, I had a studio and my wife said, uh, I'm I'm up there where she says, okay, uh, you pick the kid up from school. Well, but I'm, but I'm, yeah, yeah, sure. uh, and then, sure. uh, then, okay, I picked the kid from school. Now I'm back in there and I'm right into this idea. I forgot. I need something from the store yeah, 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 for dinner. Yeah. You go <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're at home. You're not separating yourself. And so creatively, and then if I'm inspired and I'm watching TV now with my wife, my family watching TV and I'm inspired. Now I got to run upstairs and, you know, so, I figured I need to separate myself in that way and yeah. build a place and go out on a limb. And no one's going to take me serious if if they have a meeting with me and they have to come to my home office. So I need to have an and office. And your wife's calling you to go to right. the sports. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I have to... Uh, my mom said to me, 
let me get this right. You're quitting Whitney Houston to to start your own little company because it's little because it's me. It's a little company. And she says, you know, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Was that the first time you got into the studio? The first time I built my studio. After Whitney, yeah. Yeah. So are you sure you're doing the right thing? And I said, well, you know, you know, you know, when you know it's right, you know it. And you're the only one that can make that decision. I said, and the, the thing for me is that you have to take risks, but that's have to be calculated. I mean, you have to think this out. I mean, lay out every scenario and plan. Because Whitney was thinking. huge, wasn't no, she? Huge. You know, like some guys might be and, watching and, this no. and they might have missed the whole Whitney era. No, you know, no, she no. was huge. Look, listen, I was on retainer from Whitney. Yeah. I had health benefits, retainer. I worked with Whitney uh, as music director uh, for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, money steady coming. Bonuses, I mean. It was serious to, oh, to leave serious that. Serious to and it was serious to leave it. Yeah. It was serious, yeah. But I, I, I thought that I could, I just felt that I could do it. And I told my mom, I said, here's the thing. Most people, the average person, would rather work for Steven Spielberg than to be Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Because of the responsibility it comes with. Yeah. So, so I had to put myself in a position where I'm in charge and work hard so so the responsibility of all that made me you know really learn how to run a business and how to budget and and then was that did that learning curve come when you when you left with was that when you you know were learning how to run a business oh and that no i i, that I already did i mean, yeah, I mean being a music director i knew how to deal with budgets with people with, with, with yeah, yeah with yeah with 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 the with the NFL, with the with CBS, with the networks, with the producers, so right. I, I I knew that. Well, I, you know, I f- finished Whitney, and I already knew like the business side of it, yeah. and I started learning. But it was only until I I left the Whitney gig that I took those tools with me and said I need to establish a business, and and you know the whole if you build it they'll come hopefully yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and I'll tell you it was there was only one time my wife said to me. You know, why don't you call Whitney up and tell her you made a mistake? You know, and, <laughs> really, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it was at that point where I said no, and it yeah. wasn't pride. It was you. I know I have to stick to this. Yeah. So that summer was the first summer that I could remember that I wasn't out on tour and making money. Yeah. And, and so that summer I was spending money building a studio. Was it scary, or were you so confident that it was going to work? That it, Again, you know. I was still a little, I was still young and dumb. I was going to say, yeah. did, did you still have the, uh, and now, you know, now I'm, you just, like... I'm just older and dumb. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, There's no yeah. way that anyone can say, I knew it was going to make it. I knew if I just stuck to it, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. But I had faith that my hard work would net some fruit. Now, what kind of fruit would it bear? I don't know. But I knew that I could, I could make money. And worst, worst case scenario, I mean, I don't have a, a, a pride thing. So, at wait tables, gas, wash cars, I'll do whatever it yeah, takes yeah, yeah. to feed my family. Yeah. So, I knew I would do that if that didn't quite work yeah. out. Yeah, but it did. It did. It yeah. did. It did. And, and I think that once once the people knew I was in town... Did because, you have to build a reputation? Well, was no, it, was it a new reputation? Me. No, but everyone knew me yeah, already. Yeah. So, so, it was like, they knew me from Whitney for 10 years as music director. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, and, and so the artists knew that I was available now and I was in town. I wouldn't go on the road, but I could help put your show together, your band. So the, the labels start calling. 
uh, we've got the Spice Girls, we've got this group, we've got uh, After Seven, we've got we've got Casey and JoJo, we've got Brandy, we've got all these artists. Yeah, you know, Brandy was twelve when I met her, and so she when wow. she when she had a record deal, she's like, Ricky, call Ricky, <laughs> yeah, you know. So it became a thing for me where the, the work kind of took care of any talk that I had to really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, You'd really built up to... a great reputation enough, by this enough, point. Yeah, enough reputation. And I think that, you know, uh, then you surround yourself by the best players. So I had, you know, Ricky Lawson, Paul Jackson Jr., uh, Mike Baker playing drums. Uh, and, I, and then I, I met Teddy, who was 23 years old at the time. Wow. You know, the young drummer coming to town. And yeah. so, and he's been, uh, Teddy Campbell's been playing with me now for just about 17 years. You know, on and off. And then I was working with Vinny and, you know, so you, you meet all these guys and, yeah. you, you know, David Sanborn and Al Jarreau and, and Nancy Wilson. And then, you know, you start working with these people and they enjoy not only the music, but the experience. The vibe, yeah. Yeah, the vibe. And do you work on that? Is it something that's conscious, you know, when you start working with an artist or was it conscious? Did you, was I, it ever a conscious decision that you, that you knew that you wanted to create a working situation that people really enjoyed and felt confident and relaxed in? I wanted to create an environment that I wanted to work in. Yeah. And I figured if it was good enough for me, then hopefully it's good enough for everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, want, I want a non-contentious, you know, and with, with the people I work with, with everyone, I want the best idea. It doesn't have to come from me. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone have a better idea? Because, we, you know, we have to win. And, uh, and, and I don't always have the best idea, you know, and I'm okay with that. I, I just want the you best. You just want the, the best idea for the artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the artist, and, and now, you know, I make quick decisions, though. You know, you have to make a decision on the spot. Yeah. You know, where uh, keys, arrangement, intros, outros, whatever that is. You know, I mean, I can listen and be able to help an artist with the key or with alternate uh, melody stuff because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they may have an idea that they want to sing this high thing and it's out of their range. So either we, if that's important to you, let's play with the key a little yeah, bit, yeah. move the key down. Yeah. Or let me give you some alternate things that you can play around with. Different ideas of, so they're not hitting that top one. Yeah, and, yeah. and is it necessary for the story? You know? Yeah, for the actual story. So I'll yeah. take... I'll take someone playing and singing with passion. I used to have this thing with the band, with Whitney, when, we, when I first started, because everyone, you know, trying to play, uh, play their licks and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and I call them, look at me, you know, like the drummer. Look at me, look at me, look at me, playing those yeah. triplets. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, so, so I said, look, guys, uh, you know, I said, don't play anything just because there's a space, because space has a place, and yeah, it yeah. needs to be a little space there. I said, don't play unless you feel it. So if they played something, and I thought it was a little like show showboat, and yeah, I look yeah, over yeah. and they go, I felt, <laughs> I felt, it. I felt that 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 really, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, well, don't feel it. <laughs> don't feel that. <laughs> Next time you get an urge to feel that, yeah, keep don't it to feel yourself. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep the feeling to yourself. Oh, right, no, no, no. Then the then the joke became, man, that was amazing. Save it for your record. <laughs> Save that link for your record. It's, the solo record. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. For your solo record. Yeah. No. Your time, obviously, because you, you know, you're in the studio, but also you do, you know, I've seen you on TV so many times, um, MD. And how is your time split or does it completely fluctuate during the year? Um, like live versus studio versus producing? Um, I just hit the ball that's thrown. 
you know. Yeah. So if it's a fastball, then I'm going to hit that. If it's a, a slider, I mean, I just whatever comes. Yeah. And uh, I I always just try to stay uh, fluid and flexible. And so what comes, just deal with that, and just you know enjoy that moment, be present. Because yeah. I think a lot of times in our minds, and I hear people going, you know, yeah, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm trying to make it happen. Well, first of all, if you're if you're able to work in this business, then you're already making it happen. I mean, I mean, you're already you're not trying. You're it's happening already. Yeah. And I don't think you can make anything happen. I think you need to just, you know, let it happen. Yeah, yeah. Work hard and then just let it happen. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a hard concept yeah, because. Yeah. We think I it's got, out of I, your control. Yeah, almost, I have to make a call. Yeah, 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 because we want to control. Yeah. If I make this call and I go and you know, and and I know I met Quincy Jones. Well, if Quincy Jones doesn't know you, then it does nothing. Yeah. So you're out trying to network, and I want to shake this person's hand, and and you know, I hire people based on the person and not their resume. I don't like. I don't even people send me resumes, and I've done this, and this is my long list, and I played on this record. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. But I need to know how you fit into this and that. Or I have people, I just graduated from college and I've never done anything. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone has a first time they did something, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You've got to start somewhere, yeah. Got to start. So so I think, you know, for me, uh, there is the administrative and the logistics of it all, dealing with TV especially, when you have the executive producers, the producers, the artists, mm-hmm. set design, lighting, Stage plot, input list, personnel. There's a whole big uh, a package that needs to go, and then there's a creative yeah, meetings yeah. with the presentation. When you're doing the, those TV shows, is it is it can can you work on other projects, or is it completely consuming? Is it like this is it? I'm in. You know, say for instance, like American yeah, Idol. No, no, I know. Are you in? Yeah, you yeah. know, I. I uh, I, I don't know how unique it is because I really don't know what uh, what other people do or how they do it. Yeah. I've kind of devised a system that works for me, but I'm probably the the king of multitask. I mean, I, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, well, I, I've, de- I've I've developed that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's something that that I would claim that I that I created it, but I know that that uh, I know how to to do this with. Uh, uh, with, with, if you look at the console, I know how to move each project a little each day, and I make sure that everything gets a little touch. So if this were the project, this fader gets a little, then that fader gets, and, and everything gets moved, and yeah, and the yeah. one that's in front gets the most push today. But they all have you have to touch them all, and that's the same thing with playing. You have to play yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't uh, have a period where I don't play. Because what happens when I do all this administrative stuff and then the gig comes and all my guys are killing because they've just been playing uh, yeah, 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 and doing yeah, their own yeah, records and doing movies yeah. and playing. But I've been on the phone with the artists and making sure that I'm, I have everything I need for, for, from them. Yeah. I'm on the phone with the, with, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of emailing and phoning and late nights and all of that. But that makes for a very exciting time. And do you, do you make sure that you keep, you know, you've got a base at home and you're picking it up and just keeping your fingers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I try, it's part of my, my routine is that I come in and I play music when I walk into the studio before I get to the computer, anything, I put on some music 
that inspires me. Yeah. And it could be Liz Bartok, it could be Miles, it could be Monk, it could be uh, the Gap Band, it could be the Foo Fighters, it could be it could be anything. Yeah. Kings of Leon, it could be any genre of music. It could be Broadway tunes. It could yeah. be Sondheim. It could, you know. Yeah. I just look to, to, to get a little inspiration and I listen a little bit and just kind of let the day start. And, uh, then I look at my log of what calls need to be made and emails yeah. and, and do that. And then, uh, I take a lunch break. I eat and I play for about an hour. I'll practice something I'm working on. The, Is that every day? The, the box cello suites. Yeah. yeah. And I, right now I'm doing, I usually do five days a week and I usually try to have a life and I try to work. I, I hike and I do yoga and, and stuff early in the morning. Yeah. And I usually try to be in, in work by nine. Are you an early riser? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, it comes from my grandmother. I, I don't use alarm clock. I just get up at five. And I was going to say, is it yeah, five? Yeah. 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 And then, and I try to finish, uh, being nine. I try to finish around six. You know, yeah. just normal hours, like yeah. normal yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, unless I'm recording or a schedule calls for me to tape a show or something. Yeah. And then I have dinner and laugh and talk to friends and and uh, and spend the weekend relaxing. Right now, I'll, I'm I'm going to I'm doing six days a week, but it's still on Saturdays though. It's just noon to six. The six hours. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. You know. Do you keep your eye on it? Do you think you know? Do you do you keep your your eye on keeping that, making you sure that you've got your rest time so you can really keep focused? I, I need a balance. Yeah. You know, it's about balance. I think I've seen people. Uh, you know, I've, I've read. I forget where the quote came from, but it says a. Uh, and I don't consider myself a genius, but I'm saying the whole genius quality is a genius to someone who's most like themselves. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try to be more like me than than. Then try to be like someone else. Like so somebody else. For yeah, me, yeah, yeah. the balance is important for me. Some people may thrive in round the clock. I, I know artists who like to work late, Stevie being one of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he's changed that now recently and, and really don't, taking care of himself better and health wise because he's just a night owl. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so is Quincy and he's changed that recently. Really, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Stevie, I mean, Quincy's known for waking up midday of, you know, three, four, five o'clock, but he's up until six in the morning. He just know? works through the night, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow, wow. It, it's because so, for him, it's all about the hang. Yeah. He's like, he says, hey, you know, it's all about the hang, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. cool. He that's says, the that's bit how, he enjoys. And he's talked about, and, and, and he's, you know, I mean, talking to him really just inspires you because the life that he's, Led and the yeah. work that he's done, yeah. uh, but you you're inspired by the person, and 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 the more you're around him or someone like that, you're less inspired by their work, and more inspired by the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because someone like Marcus Miller, he could have been a doctor. I mean, Miles' father was a dentist. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He could have been a dentist. I mean, you know, saying that, I mean, they would have still had the same. Uh, uh, would have been the same person, but because of that business, you might not have ever heard of him because he was an amazing brain surgeon. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, would not yeah. have heard of him in the same way, you know, and listened to his art. But we're fortunate to to make art. Wicked. Just for the gearheads, because I know you know there's plenty of gear like geek bass geekery going on. You know, we spoke about basses through there, but what are your if you're going on? Say you're going on a TV date. What are you taking with you? Well, the TV, the TV shows, uh, basically, my trunk comes. 
and uh, and so I have like four cases of bases, and yeah. they all come because I don't know. So you've got all bases covered. Yeah, all bases. So, covered. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the thing. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yeah, pun, pun intended. Uh, well, it's, it's not a minor pun anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so here's the thing: I, you don't know. So if if you're fortunate enough to have be able to have your gear, uh, then you bring it. And I listen to the song and just let the song dictate to me what it, what it needs. Yeah. Like I don't have a pre. Now there are guys like, I mean, like, like Leland Scar play and, and Marcus. I mean, they play, I mean, Marcus has other bases too, but they have their go-to and it's their sound. I don't know if I have a sound in that way. You know, I, I don't really yeah. know if I do. Uh, it's not for me to say, but, um, uh, I think, you know, your sound is, is here in your, yeah, hands. your so, physiology. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and then your, your timing and your pocket and your choice of notes and all of that matters. But I think the sound of the bass of the song kind of dictates what it needs. And I just kind of listen to that. And I'll try something different, you know, if, or, or if the producer says, you know, can you... Yeah, have you sometimes it's like heard that, you know, oh, we don't, we're not feeling that bass sound, yeah. can you try something else? Yeah. yeah. It's just like drummers with a snare drum. I mean, you know, they've got, Harvey has like big cases of snare drums, just all snare drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just looking for the right one for the song. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of amps, do you use amps on those gigs or is it more like in-ears? Uh, um, I, I use amps on, on, on the gigs. Um, I, I never really use in-ears because, uh, you know, unless I'm out on stage and I'm wireless doing a number live. Yeah. Uh, I, I wear, for the TV shows, I wear a headset that has so much stuff in it. It's, it's a wonder that I'm able to even play or read because I, I have the director in my ear. I have the associate director. I've got lighting calls. I've got things in my ear that aren't musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and so, and, you know, you're, 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 you have a countdown from commercial music in five, four, three, two, and you have to jump it so that you, right on, on his two on one, you're, you're right in. in. Yeah. So I've got to count the band back. So they're counting to me five, four, three, and I'm giving the band, you know, I'm giving you're the giving band. The, you're, yeah, relaying the information to yeah. the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. For, for, for live play ons, for that kind of thing live. And so I have the headset. I have the music. I have a, the music mix in my headset, uh, that's going out to television. So I have a balanced mix in one ear. Yeah. And I've got this ear for my bass. And so I want to feel it and feel the band and everything too. Uh, when I'm conducting, I have it on as well. So it, that's, uh, that's, uh, a hard thing. But, and then studio is pretty much direct unless, unless it's some kind of thing where you want to, want the sound of the amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Idle, just, just wrapping up the interview, with Idle, it's something I'm really interested in. There's a lot of arrangements, you know, every yeah. week, yeah. you know, who, who is, have you got, you know, is, is your part, have you got anything in those parts? In terms of the arrangements, or are they passed on to either multiple arrangers doing that? Yeah. So we have a, a team, and I, I've I've had the same music supervisor. Her name's Diane Louie, and, and I've had the same music supervisor since 1983. Wow. So she has everything. So you're comfortable with it? Well, yeah, she's got yeah, everything yeah, yeah. I've ever done. Yeah. And we have a, a team of about 15 arrangers, and um, and because it's massive, like you know, when I first started with Whitney, I I tried to do all the arrangements because. I figured if I'm the music director, I should do, I'm the one that's responsible for them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Then I realized that, you know, no one really, it doesn't matter who does it as long as it's the best work. So I know the things that I'm, that I do well. And, and part of that is, is 
again, the artist. I can really, uh, I've learned how to get right in there with the artist and try to shape and hopefully make this thing that they see in their in their mind's eye of how the song should go and how it feels. And so I start there and then I kind of fill out and lay out what I'm doing here. If it's particular lines or whatever, I'll just record it into my phone and put it in the email or or I'll play something just at the piano. Here's the intro. Da, 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 the, 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 because the inner workings of it, the, 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 you know, the song is what it is. A, yeah, B, yeah. A. Just how we're going to get into it. How we're going to get out of it. If I'm doing the medley, how do we transition out? Where's the ending go? Uh, and make sure the key is right for the artist. I mean, it's a lot of moving parts. So. Putting the polish on it and make it, making yeah. it the full and package. Then, and then I'm, I'm making, I'm making, uh, so many changes on the fly. Once we get there, because the paper is, you know, this is a, a sheet of music is actually this. You, you can't hear anything from that. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it it's, might it's, not it's, work. It's what, you know, it's what you pull off the paper. Yeah. And then when I hear it, I can make those adjustments. And how much time have you got to do that? Like how, how many rehearsals are there? Uh, the band for a live TV show for like, say, the Grammys or a really big yeah. show. We have, uh, I'm doing a show coming up now uh, that has uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh uh, Bruce Springsteen, John Legend, Tom Morello, uh, Pink, uh, John Legend. I mean, it's just a long yeah, list yeah, of yeah, people yeah, yeah. Uh, performing on this show. Um, uh, Sting, Jill Scott, Pharrell, uh, Zach Brown. Wow. And, all this stuff. and so we'll have uh, one day, one, one day, day rehearsal with the band yeah. for all these numbers. So you get all the artists there no. as well? No, no just I one. I don't yeah. do artists on the first day. You gotta have time. Yeah, because yeah. I, because because sometimes we'll get a song and we'll read through it one time. It's like okay, next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean. And if you had the artist there, they might want to run it more. Well, well, well I mean, I, I'm more efficient <clears throat> and I'm ready for them. I don't want them sitting around while we're trying to figure anything out. Yeah. Or if I don't like something, or just say sonically a sound, a keyboard sound. I'm not. I don't really like that sound. So I have to give the keyboard player a chance to figure out, you know, yeah. and program that sound or whatever. But. uh and then with the artists, uh, it's, pro- it's, it's about uh, two, two six-hour rehearsals. Okay. Depends. But, but, but now, for, like for that show I'm telling you about, I have one day with the artists. One day. One day with the band, one day with the artists, one day, on, one day on camera. <coughs> okay. for, for, oh, for the yeah, yeah. camera block, yeah. and then shoot. Wow. But shows like the Grammys, I mean, you know, we have an off-site rehearsal for the artists. That, and that's the band in the morning, three hours, and then the talent after lunch, and then, you know, like the Kennedy Center honors that I'm doing, we have, uh, basically three days and it's, and it's orchestra, house band, orchestra, and, you know, different things, you know, so. Wicked. Yeah. Before we go, one last thing and then we're done. Okay. No. If, if the, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> if, um, for anybody listening, if they're just getting into, they've decided they're going to be a pro musician, right? And they're just getting into it. So, you know, maybe early 20s, they're just getting into it. They're just coming out of college. You know, mm. what advice would you give them? Um, how many hours? Work ethic. Look, look, at, look, look at the hours. How many hours have you put in at this point? And be slow to post all of your doings, all your, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I love social social media, yeah. and I think it's important. Uh, 
I don't think we spend enough time with ourselves to know like what we really want. And I would encourage them to, you know, spend more time with yourself, get to know yourself more and find the things that really resonate inside you to your core, that resonate, that, that, that ring that you, that you feel all the time and, and make sure. Let me take it off. All right. So let me go back. So what I would say to to them is to make sure that everything that you're doing, that the purpose is right. Do it for the right reasons. So what I would say to to people who are just starting, yeah. make sure that you do it for the right reasons. And that your that that your reasoning for doing this is just for the pure love of doing it, because once the fame and the fortune is gone, if you are, are fortunate to have that in your life, yeah. you'll still have you and your love for the music. Put in the the proper amount of time. Don't post everything that you do every time you learn a new lick, you know, because that time spent could be spent really developing, you know, your artistry. Yeah. Um, keep your options open. Don't be so dead set on doing any one thing. I have friends who were great musicians, end up being even greater lawyers, even greater doctors, even being just a great dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they ended up being a whole person. So, um, I make my living playing music, and I love music. And uh, my but music is is my life, but my life is not music. Sure, sure. You know. Yeah. So find the things that resonate. Travel, do other things because that adds to your musicianship. You know, and and the bottom line is just make each note count. Don't worry about all the notes after or before. Just make one <laughs> note at a time. Make it feel good and make it count. Guys, awesome time with you, Ricky. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, blown away by you and everything that you've done. Thanks, man. Where, where can people at. find you online? Social I even, media? I, I, don't, well, I don't even know if I'm online. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I, I do have uh, accounts. I, I, and I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't. I'm not on them every day. Yeah. Uh, I'm on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Are Tumblr. you on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, and Tumblr <clears throat> and everything. And I probably in, no, I don't know, three years, maybe probably 60 posts or something like that. It's not, <laughs> it's not earth shattering. You're making it count. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but you know, I mean, uh, if it's something that's important to me, I mean, I don't know if anyone really wants to know about my chai latte that I just had this morning. And, <laughs> You know, especially if it was really nice, it could have been a really great yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that you know, so I don't know. I, 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 I like, I like, like hiking, and doing things without my phone, and so yeah. I would say too, like unplug from 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 electronics sometime and just kind of be. You'll find like there's some things you that you find, you know, and and if you are using a phone, uh, try to hold it up here because <laughs> there's this serious thing about this whole neck muscle here. Well, oh, this. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running into ch- poles and trees and almost getting hit by a car walking across the street <laughs> with your phone. Yeah. Ricky, yeah. awesome to have you on here, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Scots Bass Lessons podcast. 
I'll be back with you next week with another amazing guest. But until then, I'd love to invite you to come on over and check out the Academy at Scott's Bass Lessons, the number one online learning platform for bass players that really want to take their bass playing to the next level. We've got step-by-step courses that remove all the guesswork for you, live weekly video seminars with some of the most well-respected bass educators on the planet, the largest and most vibrant online bass educational community in the world, and way more. Just go on over to scottsbasslessons.com and grab your free trial. And before you go, I've also created some amazing free resources for you. If you go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit... That's scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit. You'll be able to get free access to a heap of free video lessons and courses I've created, including my top six secret tools for a great bass tone, my baseline creation guide, which is a 40-minute masterclass, the Modes Revealed mini course, and a backing track library as well. And there's actually a heap of other stuff as well that you'll get your hands on when you go over to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit. Again, if you want to try out the Academy and grab your free trial, just go to scottsbasslessons.com. Or if you want to grab the free toolkit I've created, just go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit. Okay, that's it for now, guys. Look out for next week's show. And as always, I'll see you in the shed. (laughs) 